Alistifta, supplement to Hakikatul Wahi. In the name of Allah, the gracious and merciful, we praise Allah, the High, the incomparably great, and we invoke blessings on His noble messenger. O our Lord, we have come to you while being wronged. Therefore, make a distinction between us and the wrongdoing people. Amin. To proceed, no may Allah have mercy upon you that I have divided this treatise into two parts and made it into two chapters. Its purpose is to perfect the argument against the obstinate opponents. I have written it with tears in my eyes and anguish in my heart. With full trust in the Lord of mankind, I have finished it with a conclusion. Footnote start. I have attached this treatise to my book, Hakikatul Wahi, and made it a supplement. I have also published some copies separately. Footnote end. Chapter 1 in Al-Istifta, Call for Religious Verdict On scholars of Islam and jurists of the religion, the best of creation, the Holy Prophet ﷺ, give me your verdict regarding a man who has claimed to be from Allah the Benevolent and who believes in the Book of Allah and his compassionate and merciful messenger ﷺ. Allah has shown supernormal matters for him and has manifested brilliant signs and magnificent victories. He has appeared in an age which has nothing to don in regard to the faith and is pierced into the heart of Islam like a spear. The religious scholars of the time are like a man whose legs are both paralyzed. The Christian priests have emerged like a valiant champion who is equipped with two arrows, one which they sharpen with lies and a variety of slanders to smite the religion of Islam, and the other which they load into their bow to lure people into the fold of Christianity. You will find them resembling a wolf that wreaks havoc or a robber who plunders the possessions of others. They possess nothing but false traditions and doctrines which reason rejects. The wood of atonement is the lone pillar upon which their faith is supported, and with it all doors have been flung open for an-nafsul amara, the self that incites to evil. Is there anything more frightening, more obscene, and beyond acceptance by the good-natured than this doctrine? In addition, they, these priests, hurl abusive language against the religion of Allah, Islam, and the best of creation. This is the greatest affliction to befall Islam. A religion that is based upon a mere piece of wood merits no investigation, nor does reason guide towards affirming it. On the contrary, a pious nature abhors it, flees from such a tale, and pronounces three divorces upon the religion of Trinity. Footnote start. In Islamic law, divorce becomes irrevocable after three pronouncements. Footnote end. As for the ascension and descent of Isa, Jesus, it is a matter that is rejected both by reason and the book of Allah, the Holy Quran. It is nothing more than a lullaby by which children are put to sleep, or like a doll with which little girls and boys play. There is no proof of its validity, nor is there any convincing argument to verify it. To sum up, therefore, this claimant has appeared in these days in the face of rampant mischief and religious innovations and the debilitating state of Islam. No trace of the habits of deceit, falsehood, and calumny is found in this person's life before his claim, neither in his old age nor in his youth, nor is there anything to be found in his conduct which is opposed to the sunnah, practice of the best of the prophets, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rather, he believes in all the commandments and prophecies brought by the noble messenger, 
and in all that is proven to be from our Prophet the leader of the righteous, and that the Holy Prophet is the healer for carnal desires and has bandaged and cured the wounds of signs. He came to remedy the ills of all people and to unite the ummahs of the earlier times with the last ummah. If you seek who his role model is, you will surely find him in the moral character of Al-Mustafa, the Chosen One, whom he follows in all paths of guidance. The enemies exerted their utmost efforts and fell upon the claimant like a tribulation. They closely scrutinized his case in an attempt to find any flaw or any statement in contravention to the illustrious religion of Islam. They delved deeply into the events of his life on account of their enmity and malice, but in spite of their deep-seated enmity, they did not find any grounds for criticism, fault-finding, or scorn, nor did they find in his actions anything which could be attributed to personal or carnal desires. In his early days he was concealed in a life of seclusion, unknown and overlooked, with neither hope nor fear associated with him. He was ignored and was granted no respect. He was not even considered a worthy topic of conversation among the general public or the elite. It was considered that he amounts to nothing and the intellectuals avoided mentioning him in their assemblies. During that very period, his Lord gave him the glad tidings that he is with him, that he has chosen him, that he has included him among his loved ones, that he will soon exalt his remembrance and raise his status and will grant him great authority. As a consequence, he will be renowned amongst the people and will be remembered both in the Easts and the Wests of the earth with goodly words and reverence. His greatness will spread throughout the entire world by the command of the Lord of the heavens. He will be granted succor from the Lord and grandeur, and like a stormy sea, hosts after hosts of people will flock to him by a very distant track, so much so that he might well nigh grow weary on account of their large number, feel constrained by their sight, and be overawed like the head of a large family who must discharge his responsibilities despite the large size of his household and meagerness of his resources. People will abandon their homelands and will adopt his town as their home because of the attraction God has infused within their hearts for him. They will discard the company of their close friends for the sake of meeting him. Their hearts will be burning with the yearning for keeping his company, and their hearts will grow tender at the sight of his countenance. Godly people will hasten to follow him with the utmost truthfulness, sincerity, and fidelity. They will prefer to endure diverse kinds of hardship for his sake. There will be a group among them who will be called Ashabu Sufa, who will live in some of his courtyards like mendicants. Their personal ambitions will melt and their hearts will flow like water. You will find their eyes flowing with tears on account of their recognition of the truth and beholding the heavenly light. They will say, Our Lord, verily we have heard a crier calling unto faith. They will weep with extreme delight and ecstasy like those who have recognized their Lord. And they will be grateful because Allah has helped them achieve their objective and their souls will prostrate before the Lord of grandeur. Thus all kinds of gifts, wealth and a variety of other things will arrive from all sides for this man of God. His Lord God will grant him great blessings, an overpowering soul, and intense attraction, as has been ordained for him since the beginning. 
People will hasten to reach his door, and kings will seek blessings from his garments. And hosts of kings and chiefs will come to pay frequent visits to his court. Some people from every nation will rise to oppose him and will try in every way to eradicate him. They will hatch schemes of all kinds to extinguish his light, to conceal his overwhelming success, to diminish his status and to prove his arguments to be spurious. Moreover, they will try to kill him or crucify him or expel him from the land or reduce him to a forlorn beggar or drag him to the rulers through backbiting and fabricating lies and accusations against him with beguiling and cunning words or torture him in the worst possible manner. Despite all this, God in his grace will safeguard him from heaven against their unholy designs and will cause their machinations to recoil upon them and will debase them. As a result, all of them will return totally frustrated and unsuccessful, as if they are not of the living. God will watch safe upon him all the rewards and bounties that he has promised. Allah will never do anything contrary to his promise in favor of his servant, nor will he avert the warning of punishment against his enemies. This is from the prophecies of Allah, which were revealed to this servant of his before the occurrence of these events. They were recorded, published, and disseminated in different countries for the general public as well as the elite, and were communicated to diverse nations and different countries. As such, each nation had been made like a witness thereof. These prophecies had been published 26 years before our present time. At the time, there was simply no indication of the fulfillment of these prophecies, nor did anyone among the wise have any clue about their fulfillment. Indeed, every person regarded their fulfillment to be far-fetched, mocking them and considering them to be false or self-conceived thoughts rooted in wishful thinking or from the temptations of Satan and not from the Lord of Grandeur. Indeed, all these prophecies are recorded at different places in Brahina Ahmadiyya, which is one of the books of this servant of God written in the Indian language. Whosoever has doubts about them should revert to that book and read it with pure intention and with the fear of Allah. Footnote start. The promised Messiah Islam has mostly written his books in Urdu language. Footnote end. He should ponder over the grandeur, glory, and excellence of these prophecies, the loftiness of their arguments, the lengthy period since they were published, and also reflect upon their brilliance and luster. Is any human being capable of making such prophecies without being informed by God, the knower of all things? Such prophecies are plentiful. I have mentioned some of them and not others. This much should suffice for the righteous who fear God and whose hearts are moved when they recognize the truth. They do not pass by them like the unfortunate ones. Instead, they pray, Our Lord, we have believed. Therefore, count us among your believing servants and witnesses. Again, no, may Allah have mercy upon you that the time of the announcement of these prophecies was when there was no trace of their fulfillment, nor any manifestation of their light, nor any avenue to find their hidden aspects. Rather, the matter was completely hidden from the eyes and thoughts of people, and this servant of God was lying in complete anonymity. No one knew him except a few people who were his father's acquaintances since the beginning. If you so wish, you can inquire about it from the residents of the township called Qadian, and from the Muslims, polytheists, and his enemies living in its suburbs. 
It was at that time that Allah the Exalted addressed him and said, You are to me like my unity and uniqueness. The time has arrived when you will be helped and made well known among the people. The help will come to you by every distant track. People will come to you so that the track will become deep due to excessive travel. Such people will help you whom we shall inspire from ourselves from the heavens. When the help of Allah comes and the age turns to us, it will be asked, Is this not the truth? Do not turn away from Allah's creatures and be not fatigued by people. And enlarge your house in order to accommodate those who will come to meet with you out of love. These are the prophecies from Allah. By this time, 26 years have elapsed since their revelation. There is a great sign in this for the wise. Then, after this, God Almighty helped this servant of his, as was his promise, with various kinds of favors and multifaceted bounties. As a result, seekers after truth flocked towards him in droves with monetary contributions, presents, and all that they could afford so much so that not enough room was left to accommodate them, and he might have well-nigh felt weary due to meeting with the large numbers. Thus, what Allah had said was fulfilled truly unto the letter, indeed, who is more capable of fulfilling his promise than the Lord of Grandeur. No enemy had the power to stop the support and descent of bounties which Allah had decreed for him. Eventually, God Almighty unveiled his plans, which the enemies sought to frustrate, and fulfilled his promise, which they denied. He bestowed upon that servant of his the title of Khalifa, Vice from heaven. There is a great sign in this for a seeker after truth who comes after discarding hatred and malice. Hence, O righteous people, explain and be rewarded. Is this the act of Allah or the fabrication of a man who dares to commit the sin of falsehood to be counted among the people who are sent by God? Are such criminals immune from divine punishment in this world, or will they be chastised? Now, O jurists, I seek your verdict for the second time, so be righteous for the sake of Allah, and deliver your verdict like those who fear Allah and are not unjust. O brave young people, a man claims that he is from Allah. Then those who reject him contest with him through a mubahila, prayer duel, hoping to be victorious. But Allah destroyed and disgraced them and frustrated their plans. If you like, you may read their stories in this book and reflect upon how Allah treated them. Is that not a conclusive argument against those who reject him? Footnote start. Among the people who entered into the Mubayla and died as a result is a man named Malvi Ghulam Dastagir of Qasur. Others among them are people named Malvi Charagdin of Jammu, Malvi Abdurrahman Muhiuddin of Lahukay, Malvi Ismail of Aligarh, Fakir Mirza Abdul Meal, and Lake Ram of Peshawar, and some others. Most of them died and some were reduced to a life of disgrace, cutting off of progeny and a straitened life. I've described their events in detail in my book, Hakikatul Wahi. Given here is a summary for the seekers after truth. Among them is one who died in this calendar month, namely Dhul Qadha. His name was Sadullah, literally meaning one who Allah grants good fortune. But he remained far removed from Sa'adah. Good fortune. I was informed by God Almighty that he would die in disgrace and disappointment before I die and that God would cut off of his progeny. 
Accordingly, he died the death of failure and frustration, such is the requital for those who fight Allah and reject his messengers with injustice and enmity. Footnote end. Allah supported him in every contest and caused him to prevail over his enemies. He informed him about it before the events took place. O oh, wise people, is that not a sign of his truthfulness? Does your reason permit that the Most Holy God, who is not pleased with anything but good deeds and does not grant his nearness to anyone except on account of his good deeds, would love a transgressor and impostor and permit him to have a life longer than that of our Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that he would show enmity to his enemies and love to his friends, and would show signs in favor of him, honor him with his support and help him with his miracles and favor him with his blessings, and grant him victory over his enemies in every field, that he would save him from harmful places and occasions of being reviled, while he, being displeased, would destroy and abase the one who challenges him through a mubahila, and for his sake would wield his whip and kill his enemy with a sword from the heavens? Would he do all this despite the knowledge that the man is imputing falsehood to him, and then along with the fabrication he presents his self-coined lies to people in order to mislead the ignorant? What is your opinion about this man? Has God helped him despite his fabrication, or is he from God and one of those who are truthful? Would those attain salvation who experience false dreams but claim to have received divine revelation, even though nothing has been revealed to them, and they are only telling lies?